Production. Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is Freestyle Fridays. I'm your host, David Chandler. Grace and peace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> I hope everyone has, is having a great holiday season. Um, <clears throat> tonight, we're going to be talking about um, modern Christianity with... Uh, and uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about um, the trends that are going on in the church world, modern churchianity. And modern Christianity has uh, a lot of, is totally uh, not what we see in, in the pages of, of Scripture. As a matter of fact, uh, modern Christianity is straight out of the <clears throat> out of postmodernism, and I'm going to prove that with scripture. But tonight I'm going to be talking about a guy by the name of Stephen Anderson. Now I'm pretty sure there are some of uh, you that uh, that has the when when they are when you know he's given the when that person is given the opportunity when you guys are given the opportunity to listen to this. Recording, um, you're you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about, and then maybe you won't. But uh, before I do that, I am going to open this recording up with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, and and thank you for being with me tonight, and just uh, be with me as I conduct this. Uh, this recording, Lord, and and um, I go into your word and use me, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Stephen Anderson is a very interesting character. Um, <clears throat> he comes from uh, a branch of Christianity known as the IBFs, or the Independent Baptist Fundamentalist, and he's known for his extreme views. For instance, uh, I have. Uh, for instance, he is known to uh, have extreme uh, views on homosexuals, transgendered individuals, going as far as to say that they're reprobates who should literally be stoned to death. Now. Before I continue, I uh, am, I totally am against homosexuality from the Word of God. The Word of God um, exposes homosexuality for a grievous sin. I believe that homosexuality is a grievous sin. It's a grievous sin, and those that are under this, need, they need the gospel. But Stephen Anderson is something totally different. He believes that they can't be saved, and he uses Romans chapter 1 as a what is called a proof text. Uh, Stephen Anderson reminds me of a lot of cultists, a lot of cult leaders that appear to be Christian, but yet they, or they claim to be Christian, but yet they do not adhere to the, te the plain teachings of Scripture. And I'm going to read a passage of, of, of Scripture. I think it's in 
1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And I want to start at verse 1 here. This is a true saying. If a man desire the work, the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Now, Paul here <clears throat> lays out the qualifications for being a pastor. And we're going to examine whether or not Stephen Anderson fits these qualifications from a biblical perspective. Verse 2, a bishop then must be blameless the husband, now, blameless just totally means of moral character, um, totally uh, without any, you know, he, he doesn't have, to, he, he can't have any skeletons in his closet to be a little bit more uh, plain. And Stephen Anderson has plenty of of skeletons in his closet. He came, he, he became uh, well known when he was uh, approached by Border Patrol and he did not want to comply with their command, so he ended up getting assaulted. And so as a result of that, he uh, <clears throat> decided to have a YouTube video about his um, experiences with Border Patrol, telling everyone that um, he was assaulted because... For, you know, just basically for no reason. And he's the, by the way, Stephen Anderson is the pastor of Faithful Word Baptist Church, which is in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, he is not, um, I, I don't believe that he should be in the pulpit, quite frankly. And But let me continue. The husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now, Anderson is not given to hospitality. He's not vigilant and he's not sober. Uh, he gets behind the pulpit and he screams and he yells and he throws things and he thro you know he calls names. He uses he even uses profanity and he tries to manipulate the people in his congregation with anger and, and, and that's the hallmark of a cult leader and, and that's the hallmark of a sociopath. Usually psychopaths or sociopaths use anger to manipulate their followers or they use anger to manipulate the people that they're in uh, relationships with and that's what Stephen Anderson does and when you try to confront him with his um, issues to try to make him uh, accountable to, to be, hold him to any kind of accountability for his actions. He gets angry and he calls you a homosexual, or he tries to force. Um, he tries to <clears throat> force a particular sexuality on someone, calling them homosexual because they're an actor, appeal to women and teen girls, or they look effeminate. And he he likes to use a lot of slurs like retard to describe certain people. And he likes to make fun of people for the way they look or bully them. You know, use childish names like, you know, slurs like faggot and queer and sissy, retard and homo. You know, and, and generalizing people because of a, of a minority 
all actors or sodomite faggots, people uh, <clears throat> who don't like me or homos and things of that sort, or people who don't agree with what I'm saying from this pulpit. Uh, as a matter of fact, he said in one of his sermons, I have a YouTube video, I was looking at one last night, and he said to his congregation, or he screamed to his congregation, if you don't like this preaching, you can get the hell out. And this is what he said. This is a quote from Stephen Anderson himself. If you don't like what I'm saying, get the hell out. So is this a hallmark of a Christian past? Is this the harm? Is this is what? Is this the hallmark of a pastor from what we read in the Word of God? And the answer is no. So let me continue on. Verse three, and a note. Very, you know, I want you to pay close attention to this. Not given to wine, no striker, no greedy for filthy lucre, but patient. Not a brawler. Not covetous. Now, here Paul uses the word brawler um, to describe a person who's angry, a person who is driven to fits of rage, and this is Stephen Anderson to a T. Uh, he, again, as I described before, he uses, um, he throws fits of anger during his sermons, and this is totally un. Um, this is totally unbecoming of a pastor. Uh, you, you don't stand in front of a group uh, or your congregation and throw fits of rage and anger. And these are major, major character flaws, major, major character um, issues, major personality issues, not just character issues, but major personality issues. And I think that people need to be aware of what kind of an individual he is. I don't think he is a sound Bible teacher. He's a advent Holocaust denier. As a matter of fact, he has a propaganda film called Marching to Zion where he openly denies the Holocaust even happened. Um, there are avid followers of Stephen Anderson on YouTube and various other forms of social media where they defend him avidly. They say that, well, he didn't openly deny the Holocaust existed. He just said that the numbers of Jews that the Nazis murdered were questionable. And my answer to that is um, the Nazis uh, themselves, and history is replete with evidence of this, the Nazis themselves recorded the number of individuals, they recorded the number of Jews that they murdered, not just people in general, but the, the, the numbers of Jews that they murdered before they, you know, were uh, captured later on. But, but that number is recorded by the Nazis. So how do they, how do Holocaust deniers like Tex Myers and all these other individuals, how do they get away with saying, well, it wasn't as, that six million Jews that he killed, that wasn't um, a believable number, you know, or they just openly deny the Holocaust altogether. Um, he also, Stephen Anderson speaking of, um, he also denies that the Jews are God's chosen. 
he even has adopted recently the seed um <clears throat> the seed uh seed serpent i think it's the seed serpent doctrine where um it's believed that and okay let me explain what that is the seed serpent doctrine the seed serpent doctrine basically means that eve and satan spawned the jewish nation and the, the Jewish nation was was born was birthed out of the union between Eve and the devil, and he believes this, and so does his friend Tex Mars. And for all of those that don't know who Tex Mars is, Tex Mars uh, has a, uh, a ministry called Power of Prophecy, which is out in Austin, Texas. And, of course, I used to listen to him before I found out that he, too, was an anti-Semite. And according to him, everything that's going on in America that's wrong is the fault of the Jews. And that, to me, uh, is not only unbiblical, but it's just downright anti-Semitic. Um, and Stephen Anderson has also um, had done show, did shows with a guy by the name of Alex Jones who's nothing more than a plant for the elite to make the truth movement illegitimate and I think that Stephen Anderson is a plant that was purposely placed in the independent Baptist fundamentalist movement to make or even Christians in general to make Christians sound extremist and psychotic and just downright um, not not really all that um, <clears throat> they're not really um, they shouldn't be taken seriously uh, Stephen Anderson is a detriment to the cause of Christ and he needs to be exposed now let me continue on here one that ruleth with his own one that ruleth well verse 4 First Timothy chapter 3. One that ruleth well in his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Verse 5. For, all, for if a man know not to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Now, there's uh, a lot of rumors, I guess, that um, his wife is just as crazy as he is. And his children are, uh, you know, nine children. He has nine children, and his wife, you know, they're uh, being abused in some way. I'm not sure, but uh, let me continue on. Not a novice. Now, here Paul uses the word novice from a different, it gives the word novice a different meaning. He's talking about a, a novice being young in the faith, and I don't believe that Stephen Anderson is saved. He may be, but he may be a nominal Christian at best or very immature. But someone like that should not be holding any kind of office in any kind of church whatsoever. Lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Now, a person that's young in the faith should not, again, should not hold any kind of office in any type of local church because he's not mature enough to handle the responsibility. And Paul 
just he says this clearly. He he makes this abundantly clear here in verse four. I'm sorry, in verse six, unless he is, you know, lest he be lifted up with pride or he's lifted up with arrogance and and he comes under the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. Of course, Stephen Anderson doesn't have that. Lest, um, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Uh, verse 8, likewise, of course, the deacons must be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not grieved, filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith and pure conscience. So, these are the qualifications of church leaders and Pastor Anderson, and I believe that the people that are in his church, if they're holding any titles or anything of that sort, they, they don't meet these prerequisites. And so if they don't meet these biblical prerequisites, they should step down. But I'm pretty sure since the church is unhealthy spiritually or dead spiritually, then they're probably not going to do that. But uh, Stephen Anderson is extremely, extremely dangerous. And I believe that uh, he needs to be exposed. Now, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of churches that are like this. Uh, a lot of churches that are like this. Um, and uh, it's a shame because the cause of Christ is being affected. Uh, the cause of Christ is being um, not only is it being affected in a negative way, but it's uh, being it, it's it's looked at in a in a way where people are not going to take it seriously. They're they're not going to take the gospel seriously. They're not going to believe the gospel because of. Um, we have the wrong repre representation. We have the wrong representatives. We have false brethren amongst, you know, the true Christians, the true believers, the true Church of God. And um, again, it's up to us to, uh, it's up to the true believers to expose these the tears that have infiltrated. The church world, and, and I'm going to turn to a passage of scripture that pretty much talks about what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay, Second Peter verse 2, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily or secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, 
and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth be evil spoken of. So these individuals are going to come in privily or they're going to come in stealth-like. No one's going to know who they are until they start teaching their false or spreading their false doctrines. And people are going, because these false doctrines are not going to be total lies because a lie isn't just a total lie. A lie can be intermingled with truth and as a result of that, for instance, a lie can be 99% truth and the rest of it a total fabrication or a total lie. So that one drop, that 1% lie can corrupt that 99% truth. You know, Paul says a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. So if you have a drop, if you have a glass of water and you put in one drop of arsenic, then you can't, that that drink is not drinkable. You, you can't consume that because it's poisonous. It'll kill you. So, um, these individuals, these false teachers are going to preach doctrines that are going to sound good. They're going to sound like the true gospel. And as a result of that, Many are going to follow in their pernicious ways. And it's going to cause, or it says, Paul says, by reason of whom the way of truth be evil spoken of, well, Peter says this. And so that means that as a result of this falling away, the true faith is going to be spoken of in a negative light. It's going to be... Um, going to be, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, well, the unbeliever, the unbelieving world is going to say that the Christian faith is evil because of these false teachers infiltrating the church. And so, uh, again, it's, this is why it is so important, it's so vital for us to expose these false teachers that have infiltrated the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ with their false doctrines and um, expose them, reprove them, rebuke them. And it says, the Bible says, with all long-suffering and doctrine. So the uh, the doctrine that uh, is, is talked about here in Second uh, Timothy 4, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to read at verse 1, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appealing at, at his appearing and his kingdom preach the word verse 2 then be instant in season out of season reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine now here paul says preach the word and this is an infinitive a command with the inference being you you preach the word timothy be instant in season when they like it, out of season. When they don't like it too much, reprove, rebuke, reprove or expose, rebuke, or, uh, you know, rebuke, of course, that's, that word is self-explanatory, exhort, lift up with all long-suffering and doctrine. Doctrine here is sound doctrine. Long-suffering, of course, that word is self-explanatory. 
long-suffering in doctrine for the time, verse 3, will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Talking about uh, this postmodern world. We're entering a postmodern age where um, the millennials, young people that are a generation or two behind me, that are not going to endure sound doctrine. They're not going to endure uh, the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not going to endure uh, biblical teaching, but they're going to heap unto themselves after their own lust teachers having itching ears. So guys like Creflo Dollar, guys like Kenneth Copeland, guys like uh, Stephen Anderson, they have a huge following. They're popular on YouTube. They're popular on on uh uh, other forms of social media they they have fans that will that will rant and rail and rave because uh especially when their favorite preacher or their favorite pastor is being exposed from for 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 some um gross immoral sin or for some or or even for being a false teacher they they're, they're going to defend that person they're going to defend that teach that that uh, pastor, that preacher, that evangelist, or whatever, that singer, that that uh, popular Christian artist, to the to the death, or even to uh, to an, to the point where they're calling you names and they're being disrespectful or they're being demeaning and belittling to the un to to the believer, the true believer, because they're worshiping the person that you're exposing as opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're following after these individuals because, you know, you, you have a classic case of a cult of personality. You're not worshiping the Lord. You're worshiping that person because that person represents a cult of uh, – that person represents a cult of personality. And this is what we have with guys like Stephen Anderson. This is what we have with guys like Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland can say anything, and people will hang on his, his every word. Joel Osteen can say just about anything. It doesn't matter how outrageous it is, because he's a cult of he, he represents a cult of personality. They'll buy into it because he's popular. He's he has uh, you know he has a nice, engaging per, uh, smile. He has. Um, um, the gift, the gift of gap. Some of these guys have the gift of gap. They can say just about anything. They can, and this is what a, a psychopath does. A psychopath has, is you know, they have what what a lot of uh, FBI profilers and a lot of uh, forensic psychiatrists say, psychopathic charm. They they have glib charm. They can charm you to do. They can charm you, they can really um, get you to believe who, you know, whatever it is that they're showing you. If they're, if they're telling you that they're a millionaire or they're telling you that they're Jesus Christ himself, you'll believe it because they have that gift. They have that gift to, um, <clears throat> they have a way with words. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture that backs up what I just said. Uh, let me see here. Let me see. I think it might be in Second Peter. I'm not sure, but um, I'm going to find out.
Okay, Second Peter chapter two, verse three. Uh, I'm gonna start at verse one. Where? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, two, verse three. Okay, verse three. Uh, and through covetousness shall they with feign words make merchandise of you. Now, through feigned words, and again, like I said, uh, these guys have a way with words. Uh, cult, uh, like Jim Jones, Jim Jones had a way with words. David Koresh had a way with words. Uh, a lot. Of Charles Manson had a way with words. We can think of any cult leader. You have to understand that these individuals had a way with words. They could manipulate people to do anything they wanted because they had superficial charm and they could just goad you into anything. And, and this is what this verse here is saying, chapter 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of, of whom the way of truth be evil spoken of. In verse 3, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Now, kind of Copeland, Creflo Dollar, prime example of what that verse just said. They're, they're going to make they, they make merchandise of the people in their congregations through feigned words. You know, God wants you rich. God wants you, all you got to do is just speak it into existence, and you can have what you say. So if that were the case, then everybody would be rich and famous. Everybody would have notoriety and fame. The Christians would take over this world, uh, and we would, uh, and, and the, the wealth of the wicked would truly be laid up for the righteous if all we had to do was speak life. All we had to do was um, <clears throat> um, change the fabric of our reality with the words that we speak. And um, sickness would, would be a thing of the pain. We wouldn't have a problem with sickness and disease. But, of course, we know that that's not true. Um, so... Uh, we have so we have an issue uh, with yeah that so that's what that means there so we um, so that's the issue there um, cult leaders like Stephen Anderson can use a lot of words to manipulate people. He can intimidate people. Uh, and, and, and another thing that we need to be aware of for all of those that are going to end up catching uh, this recording, or they're going to, for all of those anyway, that's uh, going to be able to listen to this recording, I want you to understand something that's very, very important. Um, during my research, I've, I've figured out <clears throat> that uh, cult leaders especially guys like Steven Anderson, um, they rely on the ignorance of the people that follow them. In other words, a lot of the people that follow them are not well-read. Uh, they're not very, in, I don't want to say very intelligent, but they're not educated in the, um, the art of manipulation. And they're not educated enough to understand what he's actually doing to them. 
and I'm pretty sure a lot of them that follow a lot of people that follow Stephen and people like Stephen Anderson and Creflo Dollar and all these guys, they're looking for something. They're looking for something significant. They're looking for something tangible, something that they can touch, something that they can uh, that feels real to them because. Nothing felt real to them when they were growing up. Nothing felt real to them when they were attending church earlier in their lives. Nothing felt real to God didn't feel real to them earlier in their Christian walk. If they're saved, if they're genuinely saved, then again, they're nominal Christians at best, and they're, they, they have a covetous heart. So it's easy for them to be manipulated by men like Stephen Anderson, men like Creflo Dollar, men specifically Stephen Anderson. That's what the subject is on tonight, but... I want to draw a line in the sand, and I want to connect the dots between Stephen Anderson and guys like Criflo Dollar and Copeland and um, Joseph Prince and and uh, all these guys, uh, you know, Joel Osteen, Rick Warren. You know, they they follow after these individuals because they're looking for something significant. They they want to see the supernatural, and. You know, of course, the Bible teaches that we walk by faith and not by sight. The Christian, the true Christian, lives a life of, of of faith. He doesn't live by sight. He does not walk by sight. And this is what Hebrews chapter eleven teaches that we don't we um, for it is by faith, you know, that we please God. We can't please God if we don't uh, have faith. So. You know, the Bible says, with, for, without faith it is impossible to please God. Um, <clears throat> so, these guys teach something totally different. They, they they don't teach that the believer has to walk a simple uh, life, or live a simple life of faith. He has to look for something tangible. He has to look for God to to, to literally sit next to him. Jesus Christ has to come down off out of the sky on a cloud and literally sit next to him in order for Jesus Christ to, in order for any of these individuals to believe that the supernatural is actually real. But we know that the word of God is real. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit teaches us what Jesus Christ has already taught us. The Holy Spirit is not going to teach us anything different from what Christ taught us. It's just totally different. It's not going to teach us anything that the Word of God hasn't taught us. But charismatics and people like Stephen Anderson, they go outside of the realm of Scripture. They go outside of the boundaries of Scripture. And they use uh, or they twist Scripture to the point where uh, it loses its original like scriptural passages. I, I mentioned the phrase or the term proof texting uh, cult or cult leaders are famous for this. I, I've already, I've talked about this in my earlier recordings. Uh, cult leaders are very very um, notorious for scripture twisting or proof texting, where they will take a verse or a passage of scripture, or well, not even a passage of scripture, because if you read the entire passage of any scripture in the Bible, you'll get the general meaning. You have to consider there's principles that you have to use when reading the Bible or any verse in the scripture. Uh, you have to look at whether or not the verse is speaking figuratively or literally. Then you have to look at the author. Then you have to look at um, the history and um, you have to look at 
whether or not uh, you have to look at the context of what that writer is actually saying at that particular time, and you have to look at the error. But false teachers don't do that. They throw all of that out of the window, and they mystify or they uh, eisegete a mystical meaning onto the text, and it changes the meaning of that verse into something that it's not that 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 verse was not meant to mean. So if you have Acts chapter two verse thirty-eight, you'll have an uh, uh, a person that belongs to an apostolic church or one that's Pentecostal church tell you that yeah that's the plan of salvation, water baptism. Well, no, it, it does not mean water baptism. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that uh, for it is by grace ye are saved, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So what does that have to do with water baptism? So uh, it's very important to read is, um the Bible in its context, and not only that, but the Bible is supposed to is not supposed to contradict. It doesn't contradict itself. It can't contradict itself. So we have to um, align these scriptures, and we have to connect the dots. That's what any astute Bible student will do. But cult leaders don't, and they proof text. They isolate a particular passage of scripture, and they will reinterpret it. In every cult in America, I don't care what cult you name, whether it's the Mormons, whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses, or even some uh, aberrant Christian groups <clears throat> that don't follow the word of God, or they've started out doing it and then they just fell away, they will use that principle. They will use the whole, they will proof text uh, charismatics use the book of Acts as a uh, forerunner for their movement, that the, the gifts are for today, and which I don't believe they are, but that's just me. Um, charismatics will also use uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 to, to tell you that apostles and prophets are for today, which are not. Uh, because we have the completed canon of Scripture. Um, <clears throat> Stephen Anderson will use Romans chapter 1 as an impetus for his believing that homosexuals can't be saved, and that's wrong. If that were the case, then sinners can't be saved then. You mean to tell me that the same gospel that saved you from your sin can't save a homosexual from his? That's ridiculous, but this is what guys like Stephen Anderson will tell you and he will try to intimidate you into believing it. Because if you don't believe it, then now you're all of a sudden you're gay. You're a gay man. You're you're you must be a homosexual if you believe that um, a gay man can be saved. And I, and again, let me reiterate: I believe that homosexuality is a grievous sin. I'm, I'm 100% in favor of that. I believe that the homosexuals are committing a grievous sin. God destroyed Sodom and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah for that very sin, among others. But that was the main reason why he destroyed the two cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But what about the power of God? What about the power 
of salvation. What, the, what about the see? Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is a supernatural act, and it has nothing to do with man. So to say that homosexuals are just they just can't be saved and you know they, they should die and go to hell. I wish they would die and go to hell. I wish Barack Obama would die. That that's not that's not that's unbecoming of a pastor. You as a pastor, a, a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ, a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, should share the gospel with the lost, whether they're homosexuals, whether they're Satanists, whether they're anything. You should, if they don't know the Lord in the pardon of their sins, you as a preacher, you as a, an evangelist, a missionary, or just the person that just knows the Lord and has a, 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 a basic grasp of Bible doctrine, should go out there and vigorously share the gospel with lost people lovingly. This is our job. That's our job. That's what the Bible teaches us to do. <clears throat> and I don't believe Stephen Anderson does, even though he says he does, but how can he go out and do that when he's telling everybody that certain people can't be saved or certain ones can't be saved or sinners can't be saved or he doesn't have the love of Christ in his heart to, uh, or the patience in his heart to even... Uh, sit down with a lost person and say, you know what, you're, you're in need of the Lord and um, here's how you can be saved. So, uh, but uh, let me continue on here. Um, I think it's just a shame that people, there's people like that that uh, are are just uh, you know he, he's I, I I think it's a shame that people like that are the reason why lost people think the way they think of the church. Um, Uh, I think that um, Stephen Anderson is. Here are some quotes from Stephen Anderson. Um, No homos will, ne will ever be allowed in this church as long as I'm the pastor here. Never. And he shakes at the podium. Uh, let's see. And what is his affinity for... What, what, what is his... Uh, why does he like to focus on homosexuals? I, you know, I, I don't understand. It's a little scary for me. But anyway...
There's another quote, so-called Brother Nathaniel on YouTube. He talked about how he would pray that three or four hours at a time, like, like he's autistic and he's like Rain Man. He's just like, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus, you know, he's, you're nuts. You know what? You're no different than those people that go on that stupid wall and do the hmm, hmm, hmm. Where are my beads? My beads. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, the sinner. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, the sinner. Five more hours to go, Lord Jesus. And, you know, he says, you're a pagan fool. God never told you to do that. Worship him in spirit and in truth. You're supposed to talk to God like Moses talked to God. As a man speaks to his friend. That's what the Bible says. Now, he's making fun of an autistic person. And it's horrid. This is supposedly a man of God. I'm talking about Stephen Anderson. This is supposed to be a man of God. And he's preaching in front of children. Men, women, and children, obviously. And and he's talking like this. And he's making fun of an autistic kid, I, I suppose. I, I think he's, I don't know the, the age of the person that he's quoting from, but this is horrific. This is totally horrific. And, and I want someone to call in, please. Let me know at, you know, what what do you think of this guy? Do you think this guy is a man of God? You know, do you think this man is a man of God? Please, I, I want you to call in. The number is 724-444-7444. And to, the access code to get on the line is 137404. Please let me know what you guys think. Um, I'm ready for uh, some questions, some Q&A here. Um, <clears throat> just call in and let me know what you guys think of this guy. Because as far as I, as far as what the Bible teaches, I think this man is a cult leader. He exemplifies what a cult leader is, and what a cult leader does. So I, but I, I am curious. I want to know what you guys think. Please call in with your, uh, your questions, your comments, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to even to to, uh, and you know to uh, hear what you have to say about this. All right, I'm back. Um, welcome back to uh, Freestyle Friday, Freestyle, uh, Freestyle Fridays, uh, Saturday's edition. Uh, I'm your host, David Chandler, sitting in for me, G.T. Hawkins, and we're talking about modern Christianity, and uh, specifically, I'm, I'm uh, focusing on Stephen Anderson, a pastor 
from Tempe, Arizona. Uh, he pastors a church called the Faithful Word Baptist Church, and he is uh, from the in the, the IBF um, section of Christianity, which stands for Independent Baptist Fundamentalist. And I've already stated in the the beginning of the hour that Stephen Anderson exemplifies, <clears throat> excuse me, he exemplifies the uh, the quintessential cult leader. And I've already. Uh, Consulted the word of God concerning this matter, First Peter chapter two, and then I went to Second Peter, I mean Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verses one, um, verses one through. Well, I'm sorry, uh, First, uh, I think it's Second Timothy. Um, four verses one through four. I'm sorry, and uh, second, and then I went to First. Timothy chapter 3, um, and that's what I began the call with, First um, Timothy chapter 3, uh, where Paul lists the qualifications of a pastor, and Stephen Anderson does not, does not fit these, these pre uh, prerequisites at all, and um, <clears throat> I'm still waiting for some calls. Uh, please call in. Again, the number is 724-444-7444, and the uh, access code to get in to join the call is uh, 137404. Please call me, call into the line, uh, and share your uh, thoughts on this very important topic here. Do you think that Stephen Anderson is a uh, pastor from a biblical perspective. Um, <clears throat> but I don't. I, I don't believe that he is at all. And, um, and again, he's a, a cult leader, just like um, Kenneth Copeland is, just like um, Creflo Dollar is. He, they use manipulation to uh, keep their followers in line, and they focus on ignorance, the ignorance of the people that follow them. They they count on them not to be very astute when it, when, when it has, well, uh, they, they count on them not to be, the, the, their followers anyway, they count on their followers not to be astute in Bible doctrine, not to be well-read, and so they can just tell them anything. And I'm just summarizing here. Um, But um, yeah, I'm I'm just going to uh, it's 10:41 now, and I'm going to end the show. I'm going to end the recording, and next week we're going to GT and I are going to be talking about. We're going to continue uh, our discussion on the rap and hip-hop industry, so join us for that.
but But uh, I would like to thank you all for joining me, um, and uh, grace and peace. And until next Friday, um, may the Lord be with you, and um, <clears throat> may the Lord shine upon you in grace and peace. Good night. <clears throat>